Well, that much talked about Slavia Prague Rangers game is now the subject of a police report. Slavia's Andre Kudela was given a 10 game ban this week when UEFA ruled that he racially abused Glenn Kamara. The Rangers midfielder was suspended for three matches for alleged assault. How have UEFA handled a really hot topic in the world of football? Davy Proven. I think they've taken the middle ground here, Rob. I think it was difficult, to be fair to UEFA, for them to prove beyond doubt that the comment was racist, although the reaction of Kamara tells the whole story. Very difficult to to prove it conclusively, though. Had it been heard by the referee or a pitch-side microphone, different ballgame. It's a story that's going to rumble on. Reaction uh, will continue to a big story as well. We're two days away from the big tie of the Scottish Cup last 16. Yes, it's Kilmarnock against Montrose, Chris Park, isn't it? It is indeed. And I think Montrose have got about three hours after their, <laughs> yeah, their game on Thursday to play us. So hopefully that goes in our favour. But um, good luck to Montrose and, and, uh, tonight. And um, but I won't be seeing that on Saturday at 11.45 I'll be just getting out of my bed at that time exactly you'll be there for the second half it'll be fine um, <laughs> what I meant to say was the big the big tie is 3 o'clock on Sunday of course Rangers against Celtic Celtic on the back of that 6-0 win against Livingston is it as usual going to be difficult to predict? I think it is I think every old farm game no matter how the form's been before how, uh, how you can predict it what I will say is, is probably the, the, the last two times they've played Celtic I think have edged it both times um, it's just that clinical edge that John Kennedy talks about that he wanted to have the final product in he got that against Livingston um, so I predict goals in this game and I, I, I think Celtic will win one of the, the next Old Firm games one out of the two um, it just depends will it be this one so the breaking news then in the course of this afternoon is that Police Scotland uh, has submitted a report on alleged racist abuse and assault uh, from that controversial tie in the Europa League between Rangers and Slavia Prague. Slavia's Andre Kudela was banned for 10 games uh, after UEFA ruled that he had abused Rangers' Glenn Kamara. The Finnish midfielder was suspended for three games after being deemed by the governing body to have assaulted Kudela at Ibrox last month. Police Scotland have confirmed a report is with the Procurator Fiscal. So far, nobody has been charged in connection with either alleged incident from that Europa League tie. Uh, UEFA's rules state the punishment for racist abuse should be at least 10 matches, uh, but Kudela's legal team say they're considering filing an appeal and queried the rigour of the investigation. Rangers, who also said several players were racially abused online after the Slavia game, met with Facebook and Instagram on Wednesday. That followed the club's announcement uh, that their players and staff were boycotting social media for a week due to concerns about how platforms deal with racist abuse. That is a whole big uh, subject, isn't it? But UEFA have decided uh, that Andre Kudela uh, was guilty in their minds uh, with their evidence of of racist abuse. I, I guess, you know, that's one issue. The other issue, uh, if if he is guilty, does a 10-game ban fit, Davey? That, that's what I'm saying, Rob. I think they've, they've taken the middle ground because uh, I think they've found it very hard to establish a burden of proof, if you like. And I think Police Scotland will find it every bit as hard. I, I guess the question here for UEFA, because Kamara's teammate, the lad Zungu, is, is said to have heard the comment as well. He's, he's vouching for Kamara. That's what was said. 
that it was racist abuse. The question here for UEFA is, do they accept Zungu's evidence as corroboration? Do, are they prepared to accept a teammate backing a teammate who has been abused? Because if they set that precedence, uh, I guess they open themselves to fabrication because footballers are capable of fabricating something to, to back a teammate up. I'm not suggesting for a minute Zungu has fabricated his evidence because it's clear from Kamara's reaction that what was said to him was deeply offensive. But I, I'm, what I'm saying is that UEFA, I think, would be reluctant to take the evidence of a teammate because it sets a precedence. There may, of course, be other evidence that we don't know about at well, this stage. Yes. You know, what did a microphone, did a TV microphone close to the pitch pick up the the audio that that allows us to have more that, information that, that, about what happened? That would be very helpful if if either an official, one of the the the, the linesman, the referee, or the fourth official, or had a pitch side microphone picked the picked it up, then. UEFA, I think, could be you know, far more certain that they're, they're doing the right thing by finding him guilty. But on the evidence of, of, of a teammate, I, I can understand UEFA being reluctant to go down that line. What we don't have, um, of course, is any detail uh, behind UEFA's reasoning for deciding that, that Kudela was guilty. I mean, we can all make our assumptions. We all did, I think, as it happened at the time, make our assumptions about what happened. But... Uh, you know, it would be useful to know how UEFA arrived at that decision, and and if we once we accept all that, then we look at a ten game ban, which could be up in five or six weeks uh, for for the player. Uh, and is is that any uh, is that any warning shot to anyone else not to get involved in racist abuse? Well, listen, the ten game ban is ridiculous for me. I think he's been proven guilty, so they're saying they're accepting racism in football or any line of work um, in football so for that to be 10 games is just extraordinary to even accept um, no words can explain that again I get what Davey's saying and you can't 100% prove that he said it so maybe that's why they've went with the 10 game but I just think they should change the rule book from now on I think that they have to change it either now or next season um, to, to make things happen it's interesting you're saying you know hopefully a referee would hear it a linesman would hear it or a camera should pick it up I think they have to learn from this and I think maybe the future is that whether players are have a little bit of microchip in the microphone chip in them or at the sideline everybody can hear what everybody's saying so things like this just don't happen again right? because it shouldn't happen again it's ridiculous how somebody can give a, a racist slur and get away with it um, you can tell by the reaction as well yeah, Rob, you can tell but the, the, the Kamara's reaction. He's a great lad. You could tell that he's got great humility. You know, it doesn't doesn't say much on the football field, and you can tell by the reaction. And common sense should prevail in this. And I think it should be given minimum uh, a, a year ban and out of the competition that he said it in as well. Um, and then people maybe may think twice about it. I think what what leaves a bad taste in your mouth, and maybe lots of things leave a bad taste in your mouth. But one of them is the fact that UEFA love a high profile campaign, don't they? They love a glossy yeah. video yeah. advertisement, uh, kick racism out, and and all the campaigns that happen all around the world, uh, and all the posturing that goes on at times. Here's an opportunity. It's high time somebody took the decision to hand out a punishment that actually hits a, not just the player but the club 
And that, that then, if, if they were hit financially, for instance, with a serious fine, maybe that's the sort of action that would then, Davey, make a difference. Yeah, it, it's also a football club that is from a part of the world that has previous when it comes to, to racism. You know, if you go onto the UEFA website um, and look at the punishments that have been handed down for racism, so many of them have, have happened in Eastern Europe and Russia. And very little sanction has been taken against the, you know, the countries or the supporters of the countries who, who've been involved, predominantly supporters. And what UEFA would do now and again is close. We're going to close a stand for your next Champions League tie. We're going to close two stands. We might make you play behind closed doors. But basically, they've been paying lip service to what has become a, an increasingly more serious problem. Yep. And uh, as you say, Chris, the, the, the worry is that this is not enough of a deterrent so it's going to continue and it's it maybe going to get worse. It's like, I just don't understand the, the rule, but I, I really don't. It's, it's, it's hard to even put into words. You know, you, you look at Kieran Trippier, he got a 10-week ban, 14 matches he missed for betting, you know? And I'm not condoning that at all, but how is that le- How is being racist less of a, an effect on a player? I don't get it. You know, you look at, even go back to Rio Ferdinand who didn't turn up for a drug test, get an eight-month ban. Um, obviously, it was FA, but the FIFA, UEFA and the FA, they're all, they're all aligned anyway. They all should have the same rule book for me um, and, and stick to their principles. I'm not condoning any of them, but how can uh, a racist slur be the most lenient? And it's when you put it alongside those things like betting irregularities um, and failure to turn up for a drug test. And where does uh, the problem with racism lie in the picking order for, for these governing bodies like UEFA and FIFA? Well, there's no, there's no consistency because, you know, we're talking about different organisations, FIFA, UEFA, the SFA, they all have a different bar. They, they all set the bar at a different height. And I think it's worth remembering that we still have a problem here in Scotland. You know, we, we have regular incidents, you know, where players are racially abused. So I don't think we should be getting on our high horse here in Scotland at the moment either. So heading for a Scottish Cup weekend, of course, um, it is spread out uh, over uh, three days. It was uh, initially put in place and then completely reshuffled, of course. And, uh, well, one of the ties, of course, is Kilmarnock against Montrose. We mentioned it right at the top of the show. <laughs> and poor old Montrose, they're playing tonight. Uh, they are in action uh, tonight and uh, 40 hours well later uh, they, li- they line, li- line up at Rugby Park so. not many hours anyway is it yeah they're, they're I mean they're, they're playing at Far Hill I mean they could they could possibly stay over in Glasgow um, tonight yeah, um, we'd for, that, for that game rather than going all the way back to Montrose and then travelling down again I know it's crazy isn't it Rob it's just madness. oh the hotel's open I know that's the thing <laughs> well, 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 that's, that's true, true. That's true. That, that might be the issue they can uh, stay at Barry Ferguson's house no well that's true they can stay <laughs> in the garden uh, is the hotel or rugby park open the, seriously is it, is it open for I'm not for sure guests? I'm not sure David I, I don't know if Ross County maybe stayed there uh, last week I think maybe that's available to them because nobody else is in there I think they allow that right um, but yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a great place for them to stay because um, it's just right across the road um, but I don't know if they'll be doing that because the boys need to go to work the next morning. You need to remember course, that. Yeah, yeah. They have to go to work on a Friday and, and then play us on the Saturday. So It's a great opportunity. I mean, you know, the, the, the thing about a Rangers-Celtic draw mm-hmm. in the fourth round, of course, is that, that now, beyond that game, half of half of the draw opens up it does. For, for, you know, you, you, you would expect Rangers or Celtic, whoever gets through, to be 
on course for the final at mm-hmm. that stage and then it's about who's going to join them in the final so big opportunity for you but I just wonder whether the Scottish Cup could be in a way I mean how can the Scottish Cup be an unwelcome diversion if you get to the final it's not but but can it possibly get in the way for you guys in terms of the main mindset at the moment which is staying in the Premiership yeah no you're, you're right in saying that Rob you know what's the priority the priority is Davis staying in the league but at the same time, you know, you want to gain momentum and we've gained momentum in the last couple of weeks. Um, and the best way to gain momentum is to win football matches. So if we turn up on Saturday and we win, which we hopefully will do, then that gains momentum for the Dundee United game on Wednesday, um, which is a huge game at home. Uh, hopefully we could pick up three points from what we're looking to because it's, it's going to go right to the wire, it really is. When, when do you play Hamilton, Chris? We play Hamilton in the last game of the season. Last game, wow. Last game away from home. So yeah, it just shows you that. Well, I'm used to plastic anyway, so <laughs> it doesn't course, matter. Yeah. Um, but it, it just shows you how important that is, David. Each game, you know, yeah. each point is so crucial. It really is. And the game on Saturday there, um, Ross County coming to Rugby Park. Uh, You're going to mention your blistering right foot volley I, here. I wasn't going to mention that there, Rob. But if you want to mention it, we'll mention it. You know, first like two, three minutes into the game, and we thought, great start, what a start, and then. Two minutes later, Ross County get an equaliser and everybody's loving it, um, except for us. So I think Ross County will be delighted with the point, but we have to be happy as well because we didn't control as much as the game as we would have liked. But that just shows you the, the high stakes that are available and in, in, on there to, to take for the game. So we just have to accept the one point. You never know how good that point's going to be because each point is so crucial at this moment in time. Rangers against Celtic was going to be four o'clock Saturday. It's now three o'clock Sunday. Um, what are you thinking about that game, Davey? Uh, Rangers sell, Rangers on the trail of a, a league and cup double. They've got the title in the bag already, of course. Um, Celtic, having won the last 12 trophies, looking to avoid a completely blank season. Mm. It's a chance for Celtic to walk the walk because we've heard John Kennedy say that Celtic are still the best team in the country. And I think on the evidence of the, the last two Old Firm games, I think Celtic, on their day, are a match for Rangers. Uh, I don't think there's much between the teams at all. The difference this season has been Rangers' consistency. They've burned Celtic off by an amazing um, capacity to, to grind, it, grind it out week in, week out, and Celtic couldn't live with them this season. But over 90 minutes, uh, you know, I, I think Celtic will go there and fancy their chances. What do you think, Davey? What you, what you, what's your predictions then? I'd, I'd only be guessing Chris to be honest yeah. with you but I, I, I do feel it's a chance for Celtic to, to put a bit of gloss on, on what has been a disastrous season mm-hmm. um, the, the league is obviously the most important thing but you know if Celtic could win the cup it would be a little bit of consolation for for finishing so poorly Have you seen an improvement then since John Kennedy's took over? Um Enough for them to get the job. Certainly looked a bit more like themselves at the weekend. Uh, I think the introduction of James, reintroduction of James Forrest, um, played a big part in that. Mm. Um, El Yunusi, as I keep saying, is a top top player, but doesn't do it often enough. You're never sure what you're going to get from him. Edward has been like that this season as well. But um, you know, if Celtic turn up, Rangers will have a game in their hands. I've no doubt about that. Okay, more football chat to come and lots of it will centre on that game uh, coming up at Ibrox on Sunday. Change of pace at this point, change of uh, subject matter as well because one in three men in Scotland have experienced suicidal thoughts as a result of stress alone. We at Go Radio are in association with Men Matter Scotland to support and highlight men's mental health. 
The following is a testimonial from Tom, who attends and works for the charity which aims to prevent suicide and help men in need right across Scotland. My name is Tom Elvin. I first became aware of Men Matter Scotland last year through a family friend, and I very quickly learned that this is so much more than just a helpline or a counselling service. Like a lot of people, my life can get extremely busy, which at times causes me to feel incredibly tired and stressed. My wife has always been a great help, but during lockdown I started to feel increasingly like a burden and eventually I shut myself off. That's when I knew I needed some kind of help. Plucking up the courage to walk through the doors of Men Matter Scotland was one of the best things I've ever done. From the moment I met Gregor and Fraser, who run the organisation, I felt welcomed, relaxed and like I just became part of something really quite special. Men Matter Scotland has been allowed to continue operating during the pandemic and our hub and drum chapel has thankfully remained open pretty much all of the time. This is what I would describe as a safe space for people to come and simply be themselves. In recent times, it was my great honour to be appointed to the board of Men Matter Scotland. It's a huge goal of mine to give as much back to this incredible organisation as they have given me. If there's one key thing I've taken away from my involvement here, it's to understand that everyone is carrying something on their shoulders, silent or openly, and so if you have to be something in life, just be nice. As we often say in the hub, politics doesn't matter, football doesn't matter, race or creed doesn't matter, but we matter. Men matter. Thanks to Tom for that and thank you for listening to him as well. If you'd like more information on the great work Men Matter Scotland do, uh, then visit thisisgo.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Travel bulletins right through the show on Glasgow's own. Go Radio, the football show, Monday to Friday, 5 till 7. And it's Chris Burke and Davey Proven with Rob McLean in the studio tonight. And your calls as well, 0808 17 17 700. Text Go on your message to 87474 on the socials at Go Football Show. That controversial game between Rangers and Slavia Prague at Ibrox in the Europa League, now the subject of a, a police report which has gone to the procurator of fiscal on the back of uh, UEFA having uh, dished out punishments already. Did the punishment though fit the alleged crime in your opinion get in touch with us if you've got a, a thought on what has happened here we're looking ahead as well to the Scottish Cup last 16 at the weekend and some massive matches on the way it's uh, Friday night it all kicks off in Paisley St Mirren against Inverness Motherwell play Morton that's at 7 uh, Forfer uh, minus a manager at the moment Gary Irvin's going to take temporary charge against Dundee United 7.45 Friday Kilmarnock uh, against Montrose uh, Chris Burke will be involved if he manages to get himself out of his bed in time for an 11.45 kickoff. there are big doubts about that I would think uh, St Johnston though have pushed their game back against Clyde I wonder whether Montrose thought about doing that as well because Montrose are playing tonight Clyde in action as well and Clyde in Perth in the Cup 5.30 on Saturday that's when Aberdeen will kick off against Livingston as well first match in start in charge for Stephen Glass with the England strikers coach Alan Russell by his side for that one as well and then Sunday Stranraer against Hibs 
12.15 kickoff uh, down at Stair Park. Big chance for Hibs to take another step forward, you would think. And it all ends, of course, with Rangers against Celtic, three o'clock on Sunday. So get in touch with us. Uh, the football chat uh, goes on between now and seven. Rob McLean, Davey Proven, Chris Burke. Uh, ask us anything you fancy. Uh, make your point. Get your opinion across. And we can hear right now from uh, Gary in the Gorbals. Hi, Gary. How you doing, Rob? Evening, guys. Hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. Are, you, are you well, Gary? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, quite well. Um, just a, a couple of points. Um, firstly, just to touch on Neil Lennon incident. Uh, the unsavoury incident um, of the past couple of days and also just to kind of a wee preview of the, the Celtic game against Rangers on Sunday Yeah, I mean <coughs> um, just to, just for anyone who doesn't know I'm sure most people are across it by now but uh, Neil Lennon a video of someone uh, allegedly being, being Neil Lennon um, having taken uh, taken drink by the appearances of it it was... Um, it was basically uh, leaked onto social media, uh, Gary. And uh, what 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 did you what did you think about about the well the perpetrator in the, of the, the the person who basically put that video online? I mean, um, th- that's the thing with social media nowadays. Shouting like you, you you can't do anything, can't go anywhere, but you know somebody's flashing up all over the the socials kind of thing. Um, I think it's absolutely disgraceful. For the individual whoever's um, decided to put it on there, uh, but unfortunately, as Davy and, and Chris alluded to, you know this is the part of the world that we live in. It's a goldfish bowl. Um, you know you can't move if if you're either one side, if you're green green side of the city or blue side of the city. You know every every move is going to be scrutinised, even if you're not even at um, Celtic or Rangers. But I mean, uh, I run a, a Celtic appreciation page on. Facebook and we we put a post on the other night and I, I got I got sent the videos to be honest from from a friend and and I decided not to not to kind of share it because I just I thought it was heartbreaking to be honest I thought it was heartbreaking to see to see him in that state um, and I, what I did was basically put on a kind of show of support a show of yeah. strength to kind of say that if he needs any support or any help kind of thing, I hope that he's got the right people around him and I hope that he, that he gets it if he needs it kind of thing. And, and Indeed, and, you know, it kind of went, the post kind of went viral with thousands of reactions and hundreds of shares and comments kind of thing. So really surprised with how it went. But it's, 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 such, a, it's such a dangerous situation, isn't it? You know, because until you know the full story until you you know everything yeah. all, everything that's gone into what you're seeing in a 15 second clip of 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 video um and it's and it's Neil Lennon in a in a private moment in a private situation um Chris Burke what did you make of it yeah no I, I did see it um and it's not nice the thing is you've got people now with power that don't deserve it at all and they they, they don't know how to use it properly i think camera and phones now is so dangerous First of all, the person who done it should just be banned straight away for life on social media or whatever. Or even his line rental on his phone should just ban his contract and say you can't use that anymore because you can't do things like that to people. It's just, it's shocking and we're all talking about mental health as we just heard Tom talking about it there on, on, the, on the advert. But you don't know if it's mental health. You know, Neil Lennon may have just had a good night out 
um, got overly drunk as we all do I'm sure if somebody took a video of myself when I had a night out I'd be in that state as well um, Rob I'm sure you're the same and I'm sure you're the same Davey so you know it's just it's been videoed that's that's the issue and it shouldn't it's an invasion of privacy and it shouldn't be done I don't know how the rest of you feel Davey about it but um, you should be asking permission if you want to take a photo, a video of someone, um, because you can't, you just can't do that now. And the person responsible would probably have been the first person to be completely outraged had it happened yeah, to him. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the, the, the bottom line is that we're all almost under 24-hour surveillance now between camera phones, CCTV. And if you're really high profile, and, and Neil Lennon is at the very top of the high profile list, uh, I'm afraid he's, he's going to be exposed to... To, to that type of behaviour. Um, rather him than me. I'm reasonably anonymous now, um, but I wouldn't like to live under that kind of scrutiny where people are filming you, you know, in a, in a private moment. And as, as Chris said, you know, you know, we, we we all let our hair down from time to time and should be allowed to let our hair down, particularly after this lockdown or, or during this lockdown. So, you know, whoever, whoever took the footage and, and put it online really needs to have a look in the mirror. I, I think the... The great thing was that, that, that what initially, Gary, the reaction initially was, oh, look at that, that's shocking, look, look at that, you know, shock horror, look at, look at Neil Lennon. But within seconds, that, that changed, didn't it? The, the reaction changed to, why does anyone see the need to, to, make, yeah. that, to make that public? I mean, I mean, when you look at, you know, obviously there's two videos, there's one video kind of that was shot outside and one, that we shot kind of inside in a hotel lobby it appears to be anyway and and I think when you see it close up this is this is what makes me feel really really bad about it now because I would, I'll put my hands up and I'm not going to be hypocritical I was one of the ones that was kind of I don't mean slating Lennon uh, this season by some of his decisions and you know I, I just it, it's, it's what happens in the football field football fans get get over the top and you, you know but I wouldn't wish Anything like this, um, you know, if he, is, if he is struggling, I wouldn't wish any of it uh, upon anybody. It doesn't matter who he plays for or who he supports. I, mean, I just felt when you looked at his face, he just looked as if he, he had the weight of the world in his shoulders. And it, it felt very much like what had happened this season has affected him in that kind of moment. But I don't know, as I say, it's ifs and buts, as you yeah, say. But, but whether he's feeling good, bad or indifferent, it's it's nobody's business. And I thought and I thought Barry Ferguson on last night's show uh, summed it up really well. Do you know what's sad? The person who's videoing it straight away, when I seen it, I don't get what people get out of doing things like that. Um, they find it funny, they think they're big, they think they're smart. I don't like it and Leanne made a good point, it just puts, puts you off Want to go out and socialise with your with your mates because you don't know who could be um, videoing you or, or whatever. If you go out and you let your hair down, let yourself have a couple of drinks and, and enjoy yourself, you're allowed to do it, it's your own free time. And the thing um, is, but I just, I'll go back to it, why I don't get people who want to do things like that and post it on the internet. Yeah, it was Barry and Leon Crichton in the studio with Paul last night, um, and uh, and I think the I think he summed it up summed it up really. I don't I don't want to go on and on about this because we're we're giving the oxygen yeah. of publicity uh, to somebody, the person responsible for all, or the people responsible well, for this who don't deserve well, it. Well, what did we see? We seen somebody that was drunk and maybe had a little bit too much to drink, and as we do, you know, maybe you feel tired and you want to go to sleep, you just want to go to your bed, and it just looks as if maybe had one too many, but. I'm sure I seen Jurgen Klopp celebrating the the league title, and he was up in the microphone, and he was singing and dancing, and 
he was doing the same thing and he was absolutely, you know, full of drink as well. Um, but people look at it in a different perspective just because Neil Lennon wasn't successful at his time um, with Celtic, but obviously with Klopp he'd won the league. But it's the same thing, the two of them have had a, maybe a drink in them um, and the two of them maybe have had it a little bit too much. But nothing said about Klopp just because he won yeah. something yeah. and because Neil Lennon's a little bit unsuccessful people seem to jump on it a little bit more but again he's right in saying Davey but you know he's in the limelight played for yeah. you know he's a manager a, a he, huge, he can't huge escape club. it he, can, he, can't he can't escape it and, and he knows it he knows it himself I mean he doesn't need told that yeah that, that, it, he's also he's also vulnerable as well yeah. because he's opened up about his mental health problems he, you know he, he has a battle with depression yeah you know, for, for all we know, he may be in medication. That the and I haven't seen the footage, by the way. Mm. But I mean, for heaven's sake! I mean, we, we're all entitled to let our hair yeah. down, you know. And now and again, we all go a little bit too far. Yeah, and well but, done to Gary as well for not posting it. Yeah, I think that's yeah. excellent. It's a great start, isn't yeah. it? You know, because you don't want people to retweet things because that's how it gets trending. Yeah, that's how it gets trending. That's how I seen it because it got trending. Um, so the social media platforms need to do something, and I'm sure Leanne and Barry were talking about it. Something needs to be done. You know, you can't just easily open up a social media profile. You have to do what other people do: put your national insurance in, or put your your data, um, your email address, your, your where you live before you actually get a profile on these social media accounts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's yet, I think it's yet another uh, reason for the social media providers uh, to take a bit more. Uh, responsibility and show a bit more accountability for all of this as well. I mean, there's been so much said of late about racist abuse online, all sorts of uh, discriminatory noises being made um, using that avenue. Um, and it is about time um, that somebody actually took responsibility uh, for it. Gary, what was point number two? Um, basically, just a uh, kind of preview of the, the game on Sunday. You know, um, obviously, it, there's been a bit of a delay, obviously, with it, with it. Uh, the date and time of the game. Obviously, we've got to three o'clock on a Sunday. I didn't agree with the four o'clock on the Saturday. Um, personally, I thought it was chaos to to organise a, a derby game like that at four o'clock on a Saturday night. I know the pubs aren't open and you know fans aren't allowed in, but you know three o'clock on Sunday is probably just as bad. But um, excited about the game, nervous about the game. Um, I've no felt like this for a while. Um, you know, what positive. <laughs> I'd, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you on Sunday after that or Sunday evening. But uh, no, I, ju I just think you know stats don't lie. And I was looking, I was looking at the stats. You know, we've only lost two Scottish Cup games in the last 20 years to Rangers. Um, back when Ronnie Dyle was manager, and then the 2001 Scottish Cup for 2002 Scottish Cup final, I think it was. Um, so that obviously goes in our favour. Um, what doesn't go in our favour is obviously Rangers form this season. And the fact that we've actually probably played the better football um, in the last two derby games and walked away with virtually nothing. So I was actually saying to one of my mates, maybe we need to play ugly. You know, maybe we need to try and win ugly on Sunday. Um, I think it might go extra time. Um, I think we'll, we'll hopefully sneak it in extra time. Um, but I do see it being a tight game with, with no many goals, I'll be honest. It is a massive incentive, isn't it, Davy, for Celtic? The fact that they can um, avoid a blank season on the back of uh, a quadruple treble. Well, you, you've got to hope it's a massive incentive for the players, and it, it will all come down to what John Kennedy's dressing room gives them on Sunday. 
Um, as I said, on their day, I think they're a match for Rangers. But, you know, come this time of the season, a lot of them are already onto their agent, trying to, to plot their escape out of Glasgow, trying to get themselves fixed up. Does the Scottish Cup mean an awful lot to them? Certainly not as, as much to some of the players, I would suggest, as it does to the, the supporters. And it, it'll depend what John Kennedy can get from them on Sunday. If he can get every ounce from his dressing room, Celtic have got a decent chance, yeah. Gary, it's Chris here. Um, I just wanted to ask you, what happened? What would happen if you know John Kennedy does win the Scottish Cup? Would you be happy for him to, to, to then become manager or... I don't know if you've been asked this question before. Um, what um, would you want Eddie Howe to take the reins still? For for me, Chris, it's it's, it's definitely Eddie Howe. I think is is definitely going to be the name that's that's getting mentioned. And I think, listen, I, nothing against John Kennedy. I mean, he's gave his life to Celtic, obviously, but I I just think he's maybe not ready yet. I don't, I don't see him being ready to take the reins, especially because we've got to go next season and, and try and get the league back off the Rangers um, I know he's done well with the team in terms of um, stifling that defence you know I think it's four clean sheets in the last five games um, but I don't see even if we do win the Scottish Cup um, I don't see Kennedy getting the job and I, I think just to just to, allude to, to Davies point I mean you know he's saying that the, the Scottish Cup probably means more to the fans than it, it might do it to the players but I honestly don't see the Scottish Cup as being this big massive saviour for the fans I think it's all about stopping Rangers to get into the Scottish Cup final or possibly winning the double I think that probably means more I think you know if we were to win on Sunday and then maybe say get knocked out in the quarters of the semis I don't think the fans would be as disappointed as long as we we stop Rangers from winning it kind of thing David does the Scottish Cup matter in terms of John Kennedy has John Kennedy got a chance of getting this job if, if Celtic win the cup does no, he get the job no I, I don't think John Kennedy has a chance of, of getting the job I think John Kennedy has been asked to babysit at the moment I think Celtic have serious problems in terms of identifying and appointing a manager that's quite clear otherwise Dermot Desmond would have done it by now there's, there's a new season fast approaching and it would have been done and dusted by now if, if he had identified the right person he's having a problem John Kennedy is, is babysitting at the moment but uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think the, the Celtic board could sell John Kennedy. And I don't know how good he is as a, as a coach. I've never seen him on the training ground. But I don't think the Celtic board, given the way Celtic have defended this season, and John Kennedy is perceived to be the defensive yeah. coach, yeah. I don't think they could sell John Kennedy to the Celtic fans. That, but, I mean, because Gary was saying there that, that, that John Kennedy sorted a lot out in the last few weeks for Celtic. But he's been there all the way through as they've shipped goals uh, this season, uh, from set piece, particularly from set piece after set piece, Chris. Yeah, well, as as is, is he the one that's doing that, David? Well, you, you, you would well, he's a, you, you would assume he he's got to be have, have a big involvement in it, wouldn't you? Yeah, as, I think as it's a, a defender himself. Yeah, well, I think it's a collective thing. You don't know if he's the one that's taking the set plays. I think he would be more so the one that takes on takes the full training session and would have let Neil win and then just be the manager. I think it was maybe don't quote me on this, but maybe Gavin Strachan was more of the set plays ones that took on the set play situations um, but for me listen we can argue all day I just think John Kennedy should be in the running for it I think he's been there 22 years I think there's a time to step up I think he showed that when he stepped in now it's like what do you want what do Celtic fans want they've got to sell season tickets yeah. so Chris, you know, but do you not think Celtic fans will buy season tickets no matter what because they're that loyal to the football club 
Yeah, but I mean, if, yeah. if, 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 if the board were to give John Kennedy the job, and I, I think he's a very impressive individual yeah. any time I hear him speak, yeah. you know, he's very calm, measured, intelligent. But if, you know, if give the job to John Kennedy and Celtic lose the first two games next season, I mean, it'll be scarfs on the track right away. It'll be... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there'll be no patience yeah, at all. He won't, get, he won't be given an even break. No, Gary, it's about it's about selling it, as Davey says, selling it to the the Celtic fans, but also selling the club to prospective signings. And maybe you're going to be keep competing for players who are deciding uh, between Steven Gerrard or John Kennedy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't see John Kennedy being that kind of exciting kind of manager. Um, you know, I, I think. When you talk about managers coming up here and like I said, Stephen Gerrard, I think even Stephen Gerrard, I would expected him to bring up a lot bigger names um, along with Jermaine Defoe. So I, I think Eddie Howe could possibly have that effect on, on players coming to Celtic you know, rather than maybe a, a John Kennedy who's, who's untried, untested, that sort of thing. And I don't think the fans would buy a John Kennedy appointment in the, in the summer, no matter no matter what happens in the Scottish Cup. But Steven Gerrard was untried and untested. But he was a name. Yeah, yeah but that's it. But that's only it. He was a big mm-hmm. name. And, yeah. Um, but in terms, of, in terms of, you know, um, luring players uh, from down south, you know, loads of players would have wanted. I know it's kind of up in the air because, you know, he's only really attracted Jermaine Defoe up here. Um, but he had the opportunity, I believe, I don't know if the funds were there, to, but I think, I think, Eddie Howe could could attract big names to Celtic if he's given the reins at, at Celtic, and obviously it's it's vital that he gets his his own men in way like like Sir Richard Hughes maybe replacing Nicky Hammond. Yeah, Gary, at Celtic can say yeah, the recruitment. Gary, do you know do you know I think the the real problem here that Dermot Desmond has is that the Celtic job and the Rangers job for that matter do not hold the attraction they did at one time. I mean, there, there, there yeah. was a time where, where David Murray could go and get Paul Le Guin or Dick Advocat. Um, Celtic managed to get Martin O'Neill, Brendan Rodgers. And I dare say there was an emotional connection for both of the two that I've just mentioned there. But, you know, when Owen Coyle is turning down the Celtic job, Owen yeah. Coyle, a Celtic fan, when Derek McInnes is turning down the Rangers job, the, these jobs do not have the attraction that they had at one time. And I think that's why Celtic are struggling. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I, I mean you... Sorry, on you go. No, you carry on, Gary. I'm interested to no, for, for no, you no, to just, get your take on it. Say, yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, obviously, you'll know, but for your time down in England and and having more more interaction with these English teams, kind of thing, it is obviously a lot of these teams have a bigger pull um, on these managers. And, and as you say, you know, unless Celtic and Rangers are continuously in the Champions League, uh, then it might not seem as yeah. big an attraction, but. Is, you mentioned Brendan Rodgers there. I believe that when Brendan Rodgers left, that we should have went for a name like Brendan Rodgers, a higher-up name um, like Brendan Rodgers, rather than go, I don't want to say backwards, because Neil's obviously delivered success. Um, you know, he's delivered, helped deliver one Yeah, he completed the, the quadri- quadruple treble, treble, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. so he's delivered success, undoubtedly, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it is still kind of seen as a step backwards, um, maybe by the fans, whereas we, we probably should have went, stepped on and said, right, let's get an even better manager than Brendan Rodgers. Gary. And obviously they just they just felt that, that they didn't have to, do you know what I mean, that the, the, the 10 in a row was in the bag. 
Gary, thanks for your call. Good to hear from you. Yep. Enjoyed you, the, the football chat and more to come. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Thursday evening with uh, Go Radio Football Show, Rob McLean, Davey Proven and Chris Burke at your service and uh, taking your calls as ever, of course, 0808 1717700, 17 text Go in your message to 87474. On the socials, it's at Go Football Show. Three games on tonight in uh, the SPFL in League One. It's Clyde against Dumbarton. That's third bottom against second bottom. So that is a, that is a toughie uh, as both of those teams try to scramble clear of big trouble trouble. Uh, also in League One tonight, Partick Thistle against Montrose. Uh, Montrose who play Chris's Kilmarnock in that early kickoff Saturday. Um, but they've still got a chance of getting into the playoff places in League One if they can win that one tonight. But the Jags certainly want to be winning it. And if they do, they would move to within a point of Falkirk at the top of League One. They'd go above Cove Rangers as well. So it's got big implications for both. Uh, and in League Two, Stranraer against Stenhouse Muir, uh, both still in with a chance of the playoffs. There's a real scramble for uh, promotion playoff places in the championship, but one thing we do know already is that Hearts have the title in the bag. They are heading back to the big time, which uh, means Dean is pretty happy with that news, Dean, I would imagine. Hello, Dean. Hello, hi there. Hi. You'll be, you'll be, chuffed, hi there. You'll be chuffed about that, but... Uh, Maybe chuffed doesn't quite cover it at the moment for Hearts fans who are, uh, yes, happy to to get uh, promoted, but uh, maybe not too happy at the moment with Robbie Nielsen. What are you thinking? Yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a mixed bag this season um, for sure. Um, obviously, delighted that that promotion has been secured, um, but you know, there's there's obviously a, a groundswell of opinion at the moment about whether or not. The, the club should accept the trophy. Um, you know, there's a fans-led campaign at the moment to to try and encourage the players and club to maybe leave the the trophy in the stands as a as a, a protest, I suppose, about how we ended up in the championship. And also, there's um, different opinions about whether or not Nielsen is the the man to take the club forward. So it was really just to to get uh, your guys' opinion on how the season's been for Hearts, uh, but also whether or not you agree with the, the campaign from the fans at the moment? What would you think about that, Davey, not accepting the trophy and the medals? Uh, I would understand completely if Hearts wanted to have a, a dig at the SPFL by not holding the trophy up. I would understand it completely. They were shamefully stitched up, relegated with eight games to go. So if they want to have a dig at the SPFL, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Chris? Yes. <clears throat> I'm I'm probably the same as Davey. I think they were wrongfully put in the championship. I don't think anybody should have got relegated at that time, um, especially with eight games to go. No matter how far behind they were, I don't think it's the right thing to do. But what they have done is they've bounced straight back. It's not easy to bounce straight back from the championship. I think even Hibs, it took them three seasons, Davey, before they even get back into the, the Premier League. So they've done well so far. You know, you know that they've cruised it. And what was the main objective this season? Um, obviously, be changing manager just before that as well. So there's a massive turnaround, and it will take Robbie Nielsen time to do that. Um, so they can't expect just to, to be a flick of a switch. You know, it takes time. You, you can see that in the proof, even of Stephen Gerrard. It took two years before they started winning trophies. So I think the big test for him will be in the summer um, with that. 
and the recruitment of it as well because we all talk about recruitment don't we David? Well it's been absolutely key recruitment at Tynecastle has been an absolute disaster you know the turnover of players every season the wages uh, they've been paying players you know getting no return for that money mm-hmm. um, all overseen by Anne Budge who has to take responsibility I know she saved the club I get that and Hearts fans should be grateful for that for her, her contribution in their hour of need but she has overseen a horrendous um, deterioration, if you like, of the football department, principally because she allowed Craig Levine to use the club as a train set. Yeah, and, and what is really significant, Dean, at the moment is that lots of uh, Foundation of Hearts members who are chipping in money on a monthly basis and have been for a long time to bolster the club uh, have pulled out their, their, their financial backing, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, obviously I've spoken to fans who have, have considered to do that, you know, fans who have actively reduced their, their monthly subscription. And I think the, the club have perhaps been a bit fortunate this season not to have the fans in the stadium um, and, you know, have perhaps benefited from playing behind closed doors because my opinion would be that the, the feeling of the fans would have been a lot clearer had the, the stadiums been or the stand's been full at Tynecastle all season because some of the performances have, have been really, really poor. I mean, I think that's one of the, the most frustrating elements of being a Hearts fan, and, you know, there are many, that, you know, there have been examples of, you know, good play and some good results. You know, we, we were a, a penalty kick away from winning the Scottish Cup, yeah. and then, you know, the next game you're, you're, you're out of the Scottish Cup in the second round to a team that hadn't kicked a ball and... In months, so it's 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 the it's the extremes that Hearts fans are going through at the moment. I think is is probably causing a, a great deal of of worry about whether or not you know are we in a state to to stay and challenge in the Premiership next season, or are we candidates to to come straight back down? Dean, see seeing the bigger picture, Aberdeen have just sacked Derek McInnes. They they haven't finished outside the top four in the last seven years. They've qualified for Europe in the last seven years and they've sacked their manager. Can you explain to me why Hearts are not consistently a top four Scottish club, given the infrastructure of the club, you know, given the money that goes into the club from the foundation, fabulous stadium, terrific training facilities, their own youth academy. Why, why do Hearts not challenge? I mean, why are they not in Europe every season? I think you you hit the nail on the head by saying that that Aberdeen had a a level of consistency with McInnes and that's what Hearts haven't had in terms of the management structure. You know, I uh, remember fondly some of the the, the highs of the Romanov regime but also many of the lows where there seemed to be a new management team in uh, every month and and we do seem to go through managers' I'd say more frequently than than other clubs, so it's it's that consistency, um, and I think that Nielsen was probably the the pragmatic appointment by Budge, but certainly not the the, the kind of ambitious appointment that a lot of fans were looking for at the time. Yeah, and uh, there certainly is a lot of uh, anti Robbie Nielsen feeling uh, going around at the moment. We're heading fast for the news at six, Dean. So thanks for your call. And uh, wish you all the best. Thanks for calling the Go Radio Football Show. Uh, they've won the title, but all is not happy uh, down Gorgie Way. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today! Oh, it was it was unbelievable. 
You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps, and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Thanks to Dean. Uh, just before the news at six, talking about hearts, only Davy and the, the wacky world of Scottish football uh, with a team uh, of the title one with games and weeks no, to spare. And the, and, and the manager's Jake is on a shaky peg. I know, I know. It's uh, the madness of Scottish football. But it, uh, it, it's it just it's a noise that is not going away. That one, uh, Chris Burke, and I don't know the, the the clever money seems to be on Robbie Nielsen staying for the season despite the the protests, yeah. uh, and he'll get the start of next season uh, to prove that he's the man for the job. I suppose in in some people's eyes, though, that that's too late to be making up your mind. I, I think I think he should be given opportunity, um, and and when the fans come back as well and. He can get that that recruitment probably better than what he thought it has been. I, I'm I, I'm sure I've heard them saying after the Brora game that there was too much of the relegation squad still there and they had to get rid of it. Um, so that's up to him now, and obviously the powers to be that help him with that. So I do think he should be given time. Um, it's he's achieved the objective that probably Ambudge wanted him to achieve, um, and the next step now is to probably push back into the Premier League and, and step up and try and go for the top six but where do they go from here you know is what's, what's Anne Budge telling you know Robbie Nielsen is it just to state your claim back in the Premier League first season Davey or is it to then push for the top six instead straight away well I think she's she's looking for top six um, and given the amount of money that's been spent through there they, they should be looking at that and the, and the resources how many other teams um, have supporters putting in £125,000 a month into their club. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's unbelievable the, the loyalty of that heart support. It's incredible. And so if Dundee United have come back this season and were a hair's breadth away from top six, surely Hearts, on the money they're investing, the money they're spending, they have to be yeah. thinking about top six. But I think there's a bigger overhaul maybe needed at Hearts rather than it was at Dundee United. I think there's, Dundee United kept most of their squad together mm. Um uh, and played with each other as well so I don't think it was that maybe overhaul that's needed as much as it was at Dundee United so it'll be interesting to see what Hearts and the fans get back as well but I think the thing is between Hearts fans and the manager or Ann Budge it just seems to be a bit of lack of connection there between the fans now Rob, Robbie, Robbie was stupid after the Brora defeat Chris because when, it, when he should have apologised mm-hmm. He, he said, if you want to see your team winning every week, go and support Manchester City. Yeah, it wasn't a great that, line. <laughs> if, I, if I'm in the foundation of hearts and I'm putting you know, a monthly amount into that yeah. football club and yeah. I hear him saying that, I am not happy. Yeah, yeah, maybe he would just regret that in reflection then. Didn't do himself too much good with that one. Uh, we're looking ahead, of course, to Scottish Cup weekend. It all kicks off uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Mirren against Inverness, 6 o'clock. Uh, Motherwell against Morton, 7. 7.45 for Forford and Dundee United. Saturday is Kilmarnock and Montrose. St Johnston against Clyde. Aberdeen play Livingston. Sunday, Stranraer Hibs. And Rangers against Celtic. And uh, Gary, you'll be looking forward to that one, I imagine. I can't wait. This has probably been the most exciting match of the year so far. <laughs> and are you full of optimism? Is it the League and Cup double for Rangers? <laughs> I, I would. I hope so. I really hope so. I mean, I think Celtic's 
sort of had we one number the past couple of games. No one number, but I mean they've certainly been more enthusiastic. They've certainly put more into the last couple of games. They certainly seem to be turning the corner on it. So it does have me slightly worried, but I do think we've got enough to get it over the line. Do you think Celtic deserve a break in the fixture in that they've played better than the results have indicated so far? Absolutely not. <laughs> I thought I was going to get a reasoned response from you there for a moment but Davey Davey would you, would you say Celtic have deserved something do they, do they deserve a break well, you, in this you make, one you make your own breaks don't you and particularly in, in old firm games um, you know previous to that Rangers I think had outplayed Celtic in the previous games and had come away with nothing particularly the the League Cup game yeah. at Hamden you know how Rangers lost that you know, Bigger belief, to be honest. But sometimes that's just the way it goes, yeah, so as Celt- you well know, having played Celt- it so many Celtic times. Celtic are Celtic are in the same movie at the moment. Have for me bossed the last two games, but they've got to turn that into something tangible, and that means going to Ibrox and, and winning on Sunday. Yeah, they need to turn that into a win. They need to turn their performances into a win. Something that Rangers have been so good at this season. Um, no matter how they perform, they, they win. Um, but I think it is a little bit different, as um, Gary said. He's the most excited he's ever been. I think it's probably because he's not sure how the result's going to go. What do you think, Gary? No, I totally agree with you, Chris. Uh, same as what Davy said. Celtic uh, showed up the last two games, gave us a real goal. Uh, same as Davy said, but, you know, uh, we done it again in the Cup and uh, all over them and they still managed to sneak a wee win, but the tide seems to have turned. So, exactly what Chris says, I'm excited about it. You know, it is going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be the closest game of the season. And it's the first game of the season. I think I genuinely don't know how it's going to go. So I will be sitting there biting my fingernails. It's already been a wonderful season, obviously, first title in 10 years. But Rangers are four games away from being invincible in the Premiership, Davy, and another four games away from making it a, a title and cup double. Yeah, but absolutely astonishing because... Um... I, I doubt even the most optimistic Rangers supporters would have had a lot of money on Rangers to win the league this season. You know, Celtic going for 10, what an incentive. And, you know, Rangers having collapsed at the end of last season. The wise money would have been in Celtic. And I think that's probably what makes it so sweet for Steven Gerrard and, and the Rangers supporters that they, they've, they've basically upset all the odds. Uh, and to do it so spectacularly in terms of being unbeaten and the They've lost only a handful of goals. It's been a remarkable turnaround. I know that's uh, something that Stephen Gerrard continually plays down when he's asked about it in media conferences. You know, we ju- we're just approaching the next game and that's it. And he's done that all season, to be fair. that That's always been the outlook. But when you get this close, Chris, to an invincible league season, yeah. you want to be nailing it, don't you? Of course you do. Um, you want to be doing that. I'm sure You know, Gary will be thinking that himself. You said four games and then in the league, but I think... Realistically, people will think just one more game, um, because they play they play Celtic again. So, yeah, the Invinci- they're so close to that invincible season, aren't they? And what an achievement that would be, especially the way they've done it, though, Davey, as well with the goals they've they've like not conceded, uh, especially at home as well. So they've done it in in style. Uh, they've not just done it in a in a way where they've had to grind out results, albeit they've done it in a few a few occasions. But I just want to know, would Gary be happy just with the league title or you do you want to be greedy? Would you, would you say he's a disappointment if you only get, you know, how well you have played this season from only then gaining one trophy out of three? Or four, um, obviously three in the, the domestically. 
Uh, no, it's a good point. Um, I do think, I mean, going, going back with the years, I remember this in the lower leagues and you're going, what I would give to just be in the big league again, you know what I mean, having old thumbs then we got there, you know, and then it's like, what I would give just to see us win an old thumb and then we managed to do it. And then the past couple of years, we were so close running up to Christmas and you're going, oh, what I would give to just be able to get to, you know, April and just still be at that top spot fighting for it. And we've got there. But like you say, Chris, when you're that close to it now, four games, I mean, I would be slightly gutted. I won't be majorly disappointed in it. You know, it won't end my uh, season in a row. But, I mean, it would just finish it off. It would round it all off after that 10 year. It would make it all worth the... Uh, I wonder if Alfredo Morella's goals, Davy, are going to come along like buses, mm-hmm. uh, having waited so long to get one. Right, I wonder, wonder if he's a fair bet yeah, for I mean, Sunday. I, I think psychologically, the the goal at Celtic Park was huge for him. The pressure's off him now, so you know he, he if he is through on Scott Bain or whoever's in goal for Celtic, he'll probably more, be more relaxed because I think he was snatching at things. He had become so desperate, having gone suppose at 13, 14 games without scoring against Celtic. He was really, you could see how uptight he was, you know, whenever he got a chance. That's gone now, so, yeah, you wouldn't be surprised if he he did it again. What's been so impressive about Rangers this season? Well, lots of things, but but, but players stepping up to the plate when there have been dips, you know, there have been individual dips at times in in form. Um, Ryan Kent, for instance, uh, think of the way he started the first three months of the season. And then he, you know, he, he was certainly below that level for a while. But, but and now he's come back, hasn't he, in the last few weeks? He, he is delivering big time at the moment again. And, and it's been that way, even when key players have been missing, like Ryan Jack, who's, who's missed a lot this season now, um, Rangers always find somebody to slot in pretty seamlessly. I think it's down to maturity. Um, and just learning through experiences if I'm honest Rob I don't know if Gary will agree with me but I think the maturity of the team have just grew each year um, even when you're not playing well if you show that maturity on the pitch then you can still get results you know you're streetwise you know how to win a football match is game management's there and that's what Rangers have done game management I think in the past they would play well but there'll be moments in the, in the game where they would lose a goal um, and they would have a uh, they couldn't cope with the setback then but I think now they're more mature they've they realise that if they do go a goal down that they, they believe in themselves um, and, and, and still be, be able to get the result so you're saying there's also in Ryan Kent what you just said there yeah I think Ryan Kent's a terrific player I think he's such a great threat um, for for the I think he's a, a great threat for, for Rangers you know attacking wise he's starting to get his numbers higher which are probably what Steven Gerrard's demanded of him this year and he's proven I think he scored what 12 goals already this season and um, probably I think about 8 assists so that's a great return especially in the position that he plays because he doesn't play that attack and he comes deep and gets the ball Davey and lets maybe the the fullback and Barisic go and attack more um, and then you've got obviously Alfredo Morelos coming in and, or, or Roof or maybe Hadji arriving late in, in our field and usually it's really Kent still at the edge of the box and you see this season he scores a lot of goals outside the box which is terrific to see for a wide player I mentioned um, Ryan Jack there has been a uh, a key missing player I mean James Tavernier has now been out for a pretty considerable yeah. spell uh, has it showed no because Nathan Patterson has come in uh, and done brilliantly Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen an awful lot of Nathan, Nathan Patterson, but certainly listening to a lot of good judges, um, he would appear to be an obvious Scotland player of the future. Maybe just a little bit too late for this summer, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. That would be down to Steve Clark. But certainly it's a position that Scotland have been weak in 
no disrespect to Stephen O'Donnell and Liam Palmer, but we I think we're looking for an upgrade at right back. And Rangers already, Gary, building up towards next season as well. They're, they're putting pieces in place. And, and I guess Scott Wright must be a player that you're pretty excited about and, and maybe pleasantly surprised about that, that he's making as big an impact as he is already. I think a lot of people had him down uh, for next season, probably, uh, and a squad player. Uh, but at the moment, he, he's making a fair case to be starting, isn't he? I totally agree with you, Rob. I mean, I thought that Ryan Kent's actually had a too easy run, you know, the phenomenal and not on his day, I think he can take on most defences. But for to have Scott right in, he's put a wee bit of weight on. I seen an interview with him the other day and he says basically as soon as they came in, they're like, ah, listen, me man, you need to bulk up a wee bit. And uh, the boy's done that and every time he's come on the pitch, we can't fault him. And to have that quicker turnaround, only been in this team a couple of months. I think it's actually really, really good. And I think it may actually push Kent on a wee bit more to actually have somebody pushing for that other position yeah. next to him yeah. now. So maybe that's I'm what's been happening recently. That maybe, been that, happening. maybe that's what's been happening in Ryan Kent's performances of late with, with somebody breathing down his neck. You you must like what you're seeing at the moment, Chris Burke from, from Scott Wright. Yeah, no, he looks good, he looks energetic, he always wants the ball no matter what. Um it looks as if he can always create something. You know, when you get a player in the attacking third and you you, you, you smell danger he's definitely one that you think yeah, he's going to do something um, with the ball and he can you know manipulate the ball with his feet or run him behind you know he's got a good shot on him and he can he can assist as he's already showed at, at Rangers tell, tell me Chris what happens if next season Tavernier's foot again in the team every week does Nathan Patterson sit on the bench for a full season that, David you're does so he, does right does he go on loan this is well this is the one thing Welsh went and loan and now look at him he uh, went to Greenock Morton and now look at him he signed a new contract probably can argue that he's one of the first on the team sheet for Celtic Rangers have a very very difficult situation now because you've got a great talent as Nathan Patterson is at right back and he needs to play and he needs to play football you see it as European stages um, how would a Borussia Dortmund deal with that situation I think they would deal with and they, they would sell Tavernier and then just play Nathan Patterson. And that's probably the issue that you have in Britain. Well, that doesn't really happen, but it happens in the European stage where they'll sell their asset and then because you know they've got somebody to fulfil that place and Nathan Patterson is that one. And you're totally right. And it's, one, and it's interesting to see what Gary thinks about that. Is Would he be happy Nathan Patterson just to sit there and wait? But how long does it wait? Because Tavernier's going to be there for how long? Another four or five years? Well, see, that's what I thought when they gave Tavernier the new contract. Is that them just sort of safeguarding one of their assets? You know, we'll get an extra couple of million for them, having them on that length. But that's something I'd like to think of your guys' perspective on. Do you think that in Scotland we actually bring these young players through too late? I mean, just look at Celtic. I've heard of Karamoko Dembele for the past eight or nine years and I've seen the guy play nine times but when I have seen him the wee guy's impressive I've watched him on YouTube and stuff and I just think Scottish teams are starting to bleed these youngsters through too yeah. late 
I think that's a really good point, Gary. I mean, that's that's actually a subject of conversation I was going to come round to a little bit later in the show, and we will Sorry, talk about. No, 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 no. I'm glad you brought it up because the the guy in my mind was Jude Bellingham uh, from last night scoring for Bur- scoring for, for Borussia Dortmund at the age at the age of 17. Um, you know, he, he was a kid at Birmingham. Mm-hmm. He, he's you know he scored in the Bundesliga at the weekend. He scored in the Champions League last night. He's only 17. He's in there. Do, do we take? Do you take Gary's point? Do we sometimes take too long? to get players into that first team atmosphere where they might just react and perform? Well, the first thing you need to do is you, they need to play football, David, don't they? I don't think it's as much as going through the youth system and playing at reserve level. That only gets you so far. You need to play football at a first team level where everything is at stake and deal with that mental pressure. Um, and the only way you do that is by playing. And I do believe if it's loan, then it has to be loan or you have to go somewhere else. Um so yeah, Jude Bellingham's one that's a terrific player. Um, apparently, he's future England captain. He scored, I think, he was the youngest player for Birmingham as well. Um, it, price of what twenty two point five million pound or something like that to to Borussia Dortmund, which is incredible at the age of seventeen. And it just shows you that he wanted to go abroad to 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 know that he was going to play. Davy, if he went to an England, he went to an Arsenal or a Chelsea, like Billy Gilmore's done. He's not really played that much football, but Jude Bellingham's seen that, knowing that he's going to be playing week in, week out. I've always believed that if, if you're good enough, the, the manager will put you in. I don't think the manager looks at a birth certificate when he looks around his dressing room. You know, in my day... Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> for all sorts of different reasons, yeah. It, it, in my day, Charlie Nicholas was in the team at 17. Paul yeah. McStay was yeah. in at 17. And you think that's still the way, Davy? You think well, that's... Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I do agree that... And, and this is why the old firm are looking at putting teams into the lower divisions. They want to give their youngsters experience of competitive football against senior professionals earlier than they're getting now. Um, and there appears to be a roadblock at the moment for, for younger Scottish players coming through. In my time, in the old reserve league, you'd be playing against seasoned professionals some of them former international players and you would you would get the benefit of playing against real good pros in the reserve league yep. which would allow you to make the transition into the first team I'm not sure there's, there's that Doesn't pathway at the now. moment there's not a pathway really there I don't even think there is a reserve team now I think it goes straight to 19s straight into first team so if you're at the age of 19 and you can't play for the 19s anymore you either we- train with the first team but don't get any first team football or you have to then go out and loan. That's the difficulty you have here. Um, so you have to basically be very, very good at the age of 17, 18 to then make a progression because when you come 19 and above, it becomes far more difficult to then get into a first And you, you've got to pick the team. right club. If you're going to, for instance, if Rangers are going to pick a club to which they're going to loan mm-hmm. young Patterson, they've got to pick a club where they know A is going to play and B is going to be coached well every day of yep, the week. Yeah, that's the thing. It's so important when he's, out, right when he's outside their care. Yeah. yeah, absolutely right. Gary, you sparked us into a really good line of conversation <laughs> there. And uh, thanks a lot for your call and enjoy, and enjoy Sunday. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Enjoy the rest of your night. Yeah, thank and you. And we're talking more football after this. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. We're flying along at high speed as ever on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited almost into the the last half hour with some uh, really good calls. And uh, 
which have pointed us into some uh, very interesting football discussions. Always good to have you as a big part of the show. You always are between five and seven, Monday to Friday. It is Davy Proven and Chris Burke and Rob McLean with you for a Thursday. Looking ahead, of course, to the Scottish Cup weekend and uh, obviously looking at that uh, controversial Rangers-Slavia-Prague game in the Europa League and uh, everything that has sprung from it uh, down to the uh, UEFA uh, punishments that were outlined yesterday, not just for uh, Andre Cudela but for Glenn Kamara as well of course, and uh, it's now the subject of a Police Scotland report as well, which has gone to the Procurator Fiscal. Let's speak to Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi, Rob. Hi, guys. How's you doing? Hi, Craig. Doing okay? Hi, I know, bad. Um, I mean, I'm not surprised you, you know, that um, obviously I was talking about the Cadella ban, or, you know, yeah. the joke, as I would say, because it's, it's a disgrace. I think you know, ten games is absolutely nothing for for what he done. They have obviously found enough evidence that's been provided to them to show that he did racially abuse Glenn Kamara. You know, that's what they've obviously found. So yeah. how can a ten game ban be sufficient enough for racially abusing somebody? There's also the fact that I cannot understand how you if I come to the conclusion that Rangers should be fined nine thousand euros for failure to control our players now it's not a massive amount of money but it's not about that it's about the principle of it they're fining Rangers yeah. but not fining Slavia Prague when their player is the one who racially abuses Kamara and then their actions and conduct afterwards as well in their defence and I mean if we weren't in control of our player well neither was Slavia Prague no. so and, why and, haven't they also been fined no if offence if offence one doesn't happen then offence two doesn't happen Basically, yeah. nothing nothing happens in the tunnel unless whatever happened on the pitch was happened on the pitch. Oh, well, exactly. And look, I, I, obviously, you never condone violence and all the rest of it. But how? I mean, I think it's harsh for going to Mara to have to serve a three-game ban for reacting to to uh, you know an absolutely horrific thing that was said to him. And I, I'm not sure any of us would have reacted any less angrily than he did uh, if we had been in the receiving end. Um, of that so you know I think that you have to look at mitigating circumstances as well as to why that happened now, of course you know what he'd done was a breach of the rules so if he'd been given a game ban maybe two then fine you'd have looked at that and said okay well he's obviously um, has committed a breach but even Kimar Roof I know his tackle was horrific and I don't defend it it was a red card but why isn't he just getting the ban you would normally get for a red card why, why have they seen that that's so so bad I mean it was reckless and it was dangerous, but again, I think four games is, you know, a bit over the top for that as well. It just feels as if they've, they've dealt with Rangers um, more harshly uh, as a club than they have Slavia Prague, which is dumbfounding to me because I think Rangers as a club have conducted themselves perfectly well. And I'm not sure what it is you want us to do when a player makes a bad tackle, for example, in a park or when one of our players is racially abused and has a reaction. What... What, what what is it you expect the club at that stage to do? That that's what I don't care. I, I think, I'd love to know what the yeah. logic is behind that. Well, I mean, I think you make a lot of good points there. One of which is why would UEFA take financial action against Rangers for failing to control their player in terms of Glenn Kamara, and not take any action um, against the club for whom the the guilty party, as they see it, plays. 
I, I don't think UEFA have conclusive proof that Cadella is is guilty, bro. So do you think I, they're, I th- they're I think fudging that, it? I think here. they're fudging it. I think they're guessing. I think they've looked at the footage and they've taken the same reaction that you and I have taken. So obviously you can see by Kamara's reaction that something deeply offensive. And I'm quite happy to take Glenn Kamara's word that he he was called. Yes. What he said he was called. Yeah. I, I won't repeat it here. But um, I think UEFA have fudged this because they're not quite sure and they don't want to take the corroboration of Zungu because they don't want to set uh, a precedent. So that, that's where I think UEFA is coming from. Yeah, do you think that's already, do you think that's why Rangers have accepted it then? Because they've maybe UEFA's told them, look, we can't prove this, so all we can do is give them a 10 game ban. I, I, that that is the only explanation I, I can come up with for for the sanction. So, so Davey, in, in courtroom lingo, would this be not proven? I think it probably would be. Yeah, it'd be very difficult. I think to, you know, if if you don't have conclusive proof, and I go back to what I said, if if the remarks had been picked up by a pitch side microphone or the referee or one of the linesmen had heard it, fine. You know, you you've got them nailed. But I, I just don't... I think UEFA would be reluctant to take the word of a teammate. Did the, the, did the referee see what Kamara done then in the tunnel? Or did the, li- did the linesman see it? So who's seen that? Well, we don't know. We, we don't know that in the same way that, that, that we don't know how they've arrived at this decision uh, regarding uh, Kudela. We may be talking about not proven and, and maybe it is in that area somewhere. But UEFA are basically deciding here that he's guilty. Of racist abuse. That's why. Yeah. They're, that's why yeah. they're well, taking I, I action. I wish they him. would share the proof with us. Yeah, yeah. they need to you communicate know, better on that. They need, they need yeah. to give the instruction of what actually happened. There are too many questions here, yeah. Craig, aren't there? There, there are too many things that we're surmising here, uh, and we don't know mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely, um, and, and that is the problem. They do need to publish whatever their findings were, um, and, and what they had in front of them, and what they based their decision on. But there's also. There are things, though, that they can evidence in terms of Slavia Prague's conduct as a club, in terms of financial penalties for them. They can evidence the fact that twice before they actually did report it to Police Scotland, they claimed they had when they hadn't. Also, their fans unfurled a racist banner aimed at Rangers and aimed at, um, you know, Kamara and Ruth, I think it was. And, you know, we've seen clubs in the past in UEFA be fined for the fans' conduct when it's unfurling, you know, banners or, or flags in stadiums or whatever, you know. So why why couldn't they, they have, have punished Slavia for that? I just think how they've came to a conclusion that Rangers deserve to have a financial penalty, however small, but Slavia don't, as if Slavia... And the thing is as well, surely you have to, as UEFA, a governing body, you have to look at a club's history as well. Because it's not the first time they've been involved in that. They had an incident with Inter Milan not too long ago as well where there was um, racism involved in Slavia Prague. So if a club has got, you know, previous for it as well, that, that should be in and itself evidence to say, well, the club aren't doing enough to deal with it, so they, they need to have a more uh, heavy financial penalty level levied at them. Because even the statement they made, you know, the statement they made was a statement they should have made the day after it happened, instead of the mudslinging um, campaign that they went on against Rangers and talking about you know barbaric tackles they've never played in a game like it well they've obviously never played in football because other than the Kemal Roof tackle nothing in that game you know challenge wise was any more or less than you'd expect in a competitive European knockout stage football match um, 
and it's you know these are the things that UEFA need to come out and explain. Yeah, I, I mean, what, I, mean the, what you I think the, the big worry here is the big picture, isn't it? Uh, we're, we're we're talking specifics here, and the the there's lots we're unclear about, and and it's obviously the subject of a police Scotland report to the fiscal uh, at the moment. But if UEFA have deemed the player to be guilty of racist abuse, and that is the level of the punishment, that that is a major concern. Uh, in, yeah. the, in the battle to try to stamp out racism because that is no al- deterrent whatsoever. But it's is also it? wholly consistent with uh, UEFA's treatment of, of you know racist accusations over decades. Mm. Yeah, we shouldn't be surprised and about it. It doesn't it. matter whether it's Platini who's the president of UEFA or it's Seferin who's in now. They've been wholly consistent. You know, the clubs... Go online and have a look at the the UEFA list of sanctions they've taken for, for racist behaviour and racist banners. And... It's the length of Sucky Hall Street and it's all, you know, the closest stand here, the closest stand here, uh, a game behind closed doors, a fine, never any really, never the type of sanction that, that would that would attempt to wipe this out. Yeah, it's lenient, isn't it? Like, I wrote down, you know, roof, four-match ban, severe, Kamara, three-match ban, severe, Cadella, ten-match ban, lenient. That's what I've wrote down because it is, I just feel it is, they've just took... Why, why is the club not being held? Yeah, that's that any responsibility in this. The club, the club have to do something about this. The Slavia Prague as a club have to do. How, something how can about they? This. How can they decide that Rangers have responsibility for Kamara's actions, but Slavia Prague don't yeah, know, for Kadilas? Again, it's UEFA, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Anything goes. And you know, we're all we're all standing here saying UEFA have to do something about it. UEFA won't do anything about it. No. UEFA never do do anything about what, it. What can change that, Davy? What What would change that situation? I think walking off the pitch would help. Yeah. I yeah, really do. You might be right. Yeah. I think walking off the pitch just has it just has to happen now. I, I really do. Yeah, and I think that's one big regret, isn't it, for for Steven Gerrard and for Glenn Kamara at the time. I mean, you can understand why yeah, Glenn Kamara's head high. was yeah. everywhere at that stage, and he's explained it uh, very eloquently as to what was happening inside his head at that moment. But I think Craig, you know, he he wishes uh, that he had walked off, and it's and it, it's maybe those extreme sort of uh, things that have to be done to actually flag it up in the face yeah. of UEFA and maybe demand tougher action? I think it's that, but I also think what has to happen, um, what, what would put even more pressure on UEFA, if the respective football associations of, of the countries um, in Europe, you know, the SFA, the you know, French Football Association, Spain, England, you know, all these countries, if they also all band together yeah. um, and lobby UEFA and demand severe punishments. Also, personally, I would say if a player goes into a European match and uh, racially abuses another player and gets a ban for UEFA, I think the home associations should also be allowed to ban him because at the end of the day, they're representing that football association uh, as well as the club when they're out there doing that on a European point. So if they start to take more severe action and lobby UEFA as well, you might see it more because that that's where the, I suppose, if you want to call it political pressure or whatever, can be applied. But Having said that, that would require, you know, our own football associations themselves to take it more seriously. And we know the SFA are, you know, haven't covered themselves in glory either. Um, but I do think that these things have to absolutely walk off the park. But in, here's the thing, with UEFA, the bizarre thing is, if Rangers had walked off the park, I guarantee you, UEFA would have levied some sort of financial penalty at us for doing that as well. Um, you know, that's that's the problem, you know, Clubs and, and players are only going to be comfortable enough doing that if they know that by doing so and by taking a stance, UEFA aren't about to punish you 
for taking a stance against racism. Yeah. That's what you're doing. But what, what do you, you do? As as you want. What, what do you do about the result? I mean, if if a team chooses to walk off the pitch, what, what do you do about the result of the game? How, how, do well, you, how, how do you call it? I think it depends on the game. I think if it, you know, it might be more difficult if it's a, a second leg knockout tie, uh, like that one was. If the game is as like the way it was with Rangers and, and Slavia, and it's you know one nil, two nil, and there's a, a minute or two to go, then fine, you know the game can be a little whatever. But then, if you find that a club is you know guilty, or a player at a club is guilty of racism, and that's why the other club walked off, then that club should be chucked out of Europe for that season as well. And you avoid the game, and whoever the world you play in the next round gets a bye. If it's a case of a group stage, then you call the game a draw, and both clubs can get a point. Um, while you're investigating um, what's going on because at the end of the day people, no one should be rewarded um, yeah. for their players' behaviours Well what you don't um, want to do I think though is, is leave the door open for a player to walk off the pitch needlessly because they're losing the game mm. you, ha- you have to then mm. think about how, wh- how you call the result of that game Yeah yeah. It's a big it's a big call that as well isn't it, for a player to do that but, but, but at the end of the day it's not about football anymore is it when you walk off the pitch no. you're doing it for other reasons other than football. Football doesn't matter, you're doing it to... It's all about the, the human element, you know, you want to look after that that person that, that's happened to, for me. It's the need probably here for, for a concerted approach, isn't it, as well, probably, and a combined approach, because one club um, having a go at UEFA ain't going to do much good, really. Maybe maybe we're, we're talking here about the Scottish FA getting involved as a member association uh, and, and, and lending their weight to it. Yeah. How powerful is Scotland though at UEFA? Well, not. Scotland will be an afterthought. Yeah. I mean, the, the big five countries who basically have now carved up the Champions League, they've made it their own yeah. private members club. They, they run. They run European football, the big five. Yeah. But, but does racism, the issue of racism not rise above all of that. Well, it's, 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 not, it it's not an issue in Scotland, it's an issue that's everywhere. But, but FIFA hasn't done anything about it either, Rob, not just UEFA. No. F- FIFA, yeah. I mean, r- racist, uh, the racist abuse of, of black footballers was endemic in Russia for years. They gave Russia the World Cup. FIFA gave them the World Cup. Yeah. They gave them a Champions League final. So they've almost... Yeah, you're right. I'm not saying they've given it their tacit, tacit approval, but... They've done nothing to, to wipe out. They haven't taken it seriously. Well, it's all very depressing, isn't it? It really yeah. is. Uh, Craig, thank you for your call, though. Um, you made some uh, really good points there. And uh, we will wait and see in terms of that Police Scotland uh, report. And, um, well, there are going the repercussions probably of this will go on and on. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Thanks to Chris for the travel. Uh, some breaking news, and it's regarding uh, disciplinary matters. And it does concern Jim Goodwin, the, the St Mirren manager, uh, banned from the touchline for three games. We're not sure if that's going to apply immediately, because if it did, it would mean uh, tomorrow night's cup tie in Paisley between St Mirren and Inverness Cali Thistle. But I think as he pointed out himself uh, <laughs> recently, Davey, even if, he, even if he's banned, there are no crowds in. So it's no, not, he can not really send the stand and shout down instruction, <laughs> can he? Yeah, and he's probably 
probably about sort of four feet from where he from where he normally would be. And there's talk as well at the moment of John Hughes. I think a disciplinary hearing has been arranged for him, and there is the potential that he might miss a couple of games. Now, for Jim Goodwin, um, things are not going to be that serious. Mm-hmm. For Ross Kenty, things definitely are serious, and they well, I, I guess the same the same logic applies. He's not going to be that far away, but he's not going to be right on the touchline if he misses those games, Chris. No, he's not, and I think it's a it's an important part of the season, Davey, uh, where you need everybody, especially your manager there, uh, to help you through the times of battling relegation, um, try to stay in the league and stay in the division. But I don't want to see any manager being banned and being given disciplinary um, for that, either if it's Jim Goodwin or or um, Yogi Hughes. So we'll see what happens, won't we, if, he, if he's going to miss these matches that are going to be so important for, for Ross County to stay in the league. Let's hear from Regan. Hi, Regan. How are you doing? Good, thank you. What would you like to say? I just want to ask the, the, the panel, do they think that if John Kennedy wins on Sunday, he will be taken into, into the to context about taking over as manager, or do they think that Eddie Howe will take over? What is their thoughts? Well, it's a really good question, mm-hmm. and I think it's a question in lots of people's uh, minds at the moment, Chris, but you're a big John Kennedy fan, yep. um, and I think you think he should be uh, getting the job if if he continues to be successful. Yeah, me and Davey have different of opinions. Um, obviously, a lot of Celtic fans do as well, but I just think he's been there 22 years. He's had the pathway. Uh, why would you put through him through... We was a player through all that education of coaching worked with you know the likes of Dyla worked with Neil Lennon mostly probably most important to him in his career Brendan Rodgers he probably had a chance to go with Brendan Rodgers but he didn't because maybe he thought he had a chance of working and being a manager at Celtic I don't know um, everybody's saying he's not the name he's not the title but I just I don't look at the name I look at can he get the best out of the players and what I've seen since Neil Lennon's left, it looks to me as if they're playing the brand of football that Celtic demand. And also, he's getting the best out of the players. Um, that's two combinations that equal success. And he's right in saying, Regan, because I do believe that Celtic will win one of the two games, um, whether it's on Sunday or not. I think that may change people's mindsets because I think slowly it is. I think he handles himself in a very, very good manner. Um, the way he speaks, the way he represents himself and I think he creates that authority to the group and that respect and expertise as well. Of course, we're, we're talking here on the basis that a decision hasn't already been taken, which could be the case. There could be, Eddie Howe could already be the manager could be. at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. We, could, we, could we, we just don't know that. I, I think I think it's fair to say that John Kennedy is Peter Lowell's man. I think John Kennedy would have a better chance of getting the job if Peter Lowell wasn't leaving because... We understand or we believe that when Neil Lennon tried to bring uh, Johan Mialbe on board to be part of his backroom team, he was told that John Kennedy would be there. Um, and that was non-negotiable. So if Peter Lowell was staying on, I think John Kennedy would have a, a better chance. And I'm not saying he, he shouldn't get the job, Chris, because as I said, I've been impressed by John Kennedy. I just don't think he will get the job. Yeah. And you're looking at it from very superficial and maybe cynical reasons, Davy. In the you know, it does, he's not he's not box office enough. He's he's not no. he's not a big enough profile uh, to be the man who tackles Stephen Gerrard yeah. and tries to win the title he, back. He's also he's also Rob guilty by association. He yeah. is part of the the backroom 
staff in a season where Celtic have performed very poorly and lost how many goals from set pieces and as a former centre-back and the man deemed to be the defensive coach uh, John Kennedy's reputation has been damaged so I, I, I just don't think even allowing for, for Celtic winning on Sunday I, I don't think the majority of the Celtic support would buy into John Kennedy But since he's been the manager he's kept, what, is it four clean sheets? Yeah, I think so Yeah, but you, 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 you could say after the horse has bolted Yeah, well the thing is, there's one thing being an assistant manager and only being allowed to do what you want to do and then when you become the manager you can then put your plan in place of what you're, you're wanting to implicate to the team. Um, and I think he showed that since he stepped in. It's a great talking point to have. You know, I think it's great. It's refreshing. I just think like we do with our own football players, we don't big them up enough. Mm. I think we should be saying... Give it to John Kennedy. Because if John Kennedy was going to get the job, why would Dermot Desmond be speaking to? Yeah. Why would Celtic be speaking to Eddie Howe if John Kennedy was 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 going to get the job? Well, Celtic fans happy that Eddie Howe's taking this long. To... Some of them are, but but the, the Eddie Howe talk would surely have been extinguished by now, had there not been something in it. Had it not been still potentially happening, things surely. No, I'm I'm just surprised that the Eddie Howe thing is still rumbling on. You know, Celtic need a manager in now. They need a manager in now. Dominic Mackay has finished his contract early at Murrayfield um, with with good reason. He obviously recognises that the rebuild has to start now, not in the summer. And if, if Eddie Howe, if I'm Dermot Desmond, I sit down with Eddie Howe, we, we do the terms, um, and if, if we shake hands, he's in Glasgow the next day. He, there's not a day to waste for Celtic no. just now. Eddie Howe's still a great appointment if it is Eddie Howe. We don't yeah. know who it is, we're just... Yeah, I, th- I think that, that, would, that would probably tick the boxes for a lot of Celtic fans in the way that I don't think John Kennedy does, uh, to be honest. I mean, on this show, uh, we hear from lots of Celtic fans who just aren't having him. And, you know, it's not because he's he's not a good football coach. It's not because he's not a likeable guy and a really good communicator. Mm-hmm. And he's got lots of pluses. But is he the right man for the job at the moment? Lo- lots of Celtic fans think not and Davey what, what is, is are things happening are you c- confident that, that, that things are happening behind I, the scenes I, I'm, I'm gobsmacked, at this stage I'm gobsmacked that Celtic haven't appointed a replacement by now Yeah, um, and I can only assume that Dermot Desmond is finding it hard to get the right calibre of person and of course the football operations manager has gone as well hasn't he Nicky Hammond well, he... That's, that's the thing who's in charge of recruitment at the moment who's in charge of recruitment Nicky Hammond's gone the Celtic are supposedly about to appoint a director of football so he's not in the building yet Dominic Mackay's not in the building is Peter Lowell calling the shots is John Kennedy calling the shots in terms of recruitment you think that's a stumbling block then because Eddie Howe's demanding all of these people that he wants to come with him I think it's like he wants Richard Hughes is already at Bournemouth to be you know the technical director if, if they think Eddie Howe's the man if Dermot Desmond believes that Eddie Howe is the man Eddie Howe should be allowed to bring whoever he wants with him. Including the director of football? Yes. But the only issue is if he wants Richard well, Hughes, he's at Birmingham, so, so, Bournemouth sorry, now. Sorry. I, ideally, the chronology should be director of football yeah, first, end, yeah. first, Rob. But mm-hmm. I think the manager is the pressing problem here at the moment for Celtic. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's the one they want. You know, If, if he is the if one is, they want, yeah. then, then he can do what he wants. And, and unlike Neil Lennon, when he came in to take over from Brendan Rodgers, Eddie Howe will have his, his staff around, yeah. and have his staff around him in the same way that Stephen Gerrard has done at Rangers. You know, because Stephen Gerrard would be the first to say that the success at Rangers is not all about him. It's about people like Gary McAllister and Michael Beale and the, peop- the, the, the science, mm-hmm. football science people yep. that he's got around him. 
You're totally because right. he doesn't know everything. Yeah, no, but he said that himself. It would take him 15 to 20 years to do what Michael Beale does. Um, and he obviously delegates that very well, and that's why they've been so successful. But he's been given that opportunity to bring in his own people, and I think that's what Celtic fans are maybe wanting. You know, maybe the new Celtic manager wants that as well. So what happens if Eddie Howe does step in? Does John Kennedy leave? Or does Eddie Howe have to, you know, not have to, but work with John Kennedy? It's all interesting to see. I wonder what Regan thinks about it. Um, what, what does he? What are you, does he are feel? you worried? Are you worried, Regan, about what we're not hearing at the moment? What are you thinking? Yeah, I just don't know if John Kennedy would be would be a good appointment for Donny McKay as the as the chief executive to say this is John Kennedy, the, the new manager. He wants to bring his his first appointment to be a big name. Yeah, uh, John Kennedy's not a big name. Yeah, but no. And also you need to factor in also all John Kennedy's self-season tickets as well. Yeah, no, it's a good point, Regan. I just think people might change their mind on Sunday af- um, at quarter to five if Celtic have won this football match, Davey. I really do. Yeah, listen, given how emotional uh, you know this city is about, mm-hmm. about football, you're probably right, Chris. Celtic won on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> John Kennedy, uh, uh, yeah, well, he might uh, be yeah, right uh, in the frame again. stops the invincible. Yeah. Regan, thanks for your call. Good man, take care of yourself, and we'll uh, we'll speak to you soon. Um, yeah, making a making a really good point there. Uh, the other thing on the pitch, I guess, for Sunday is that there, there's still a question mark hanging over James Forrest, who's clearly had a big impact yeah. since he's come back into the team, uh, and that could that's that's a that's a big factor, isn't it, Davy, about how this is going to go on Sunday? Well, he 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 does for Celtic what Ryan Kent does for Rangers. He, he eliminates defenders. He takes defenders out of the game. We've got a man. I'm standing next to a man here, Chris Burke, who did the same socially thing. distanced. And that that changes that changes the game when a when a forward goes past the defender, the whole dynamic of the game changes. These players are so few and far between; they're priceless. And Forrest and Kent, if Forrest is fit, will have a huge say on Sunday. I hope he's fit because you want you want to see the best game possible, don't you? Um, and I, I I do fit. I hope hopefully he's fit. I think he will play a part to play, even if he's not fit enough. I think he maybe will arrive from the bench if not start the match. Um, he's been influential since he's, he's he's stepped in since his injury it just shows you I just hopefully it doesn't have a setback in that but he's definitely going to be one that's to be watched out for for the, the Rangers players and you're going to follow that of course with your prediction aren't you oh, for you Sunday want me, you want me to predict yeah well I've backed John Kennedy the whole show haven't I yeah. so um, so Rangers then <laughs> I've, after playing for playing for the football club I do feel as I said that Celtic will win one of the two games people might not be happy with that but I just feel as if Celtic's performances have improved it was just that clinical edge that they needed that John Kennedy spoke about and that's happened albeit it's a away game I do think Celtic will not lose the game um, and they might just sneak it so I'm going to put my it's got to be decided on the day you know there's no replays now I know I'm going to say 2-1 Celtic 2-1 Celtic Davy. I think Celtic might nick it Edward for me to be the, the main man Davey, thank you. Chris, as well, thanks a lot. Good luck uh, f- uh, against Montrose on Saturday morning if you can get up in time. Remember, 11.45 kickoff, set your alarm. Make <laughs> well, sure you make it to Rugby Park in past time. It. <laughs> and make a date for five o'clock uh, tomorrow night. The Go F- Radio Football Show returns then, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? 
Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.